Welcome to the Playmaker Podcast, a podcast for people who want to sell different. Playmakers wage war against traditional sales and win. Remember, success is just one play away. Welcome everybody to the Playmaker Podcast. We got another great show today. We're going to be talking training and coaching and what's working and what's not working. And to do that, uh, we've brought a fellow Utah on the line. Um, I met Sherry Leventon first. Um, God, was it Women in Pros here uh, in an event that we did? Um, she had such a great talk track, and I thought she was so dynamic on stage. I said. How we need to do that. And truthfully, it's probably been six or seven months, but uh, Sherry Leventon is the uh, founder and CEO of the Leventon Group and also the author of Heart and Cell. Uh, Sherry, thanks so much for joining. And how the heck are you? I am so good because we got 16 inches of snow yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. You told me, and I was, I mean, down here in the valley. So, uh, Sherry, you're up in Park City, right? Park I City, am. Utah. Yeah. So, I'm down in kind of the, the well, just the valley. And we probably got four, four or five inches in the last couple of days, but certainly not 16. So, you did take a snow day. Is that what I'm to understand we, or we no? We did. We took a family. Sometimes I call in well, not often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, um, my my clients and calls were okay with with me saying I've got to take a, a well day, and uh, my son, my husband, and I skied your valley for about oh, four hours. It was delightful. Fun, 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 fun. Um, yeah, with the, for those of you who know or don't know, Utah has been a little um, not great when it comes to the snow this year, but um, we are dealing with what we can, and it's uh, certainly yesterday was a big boom to that. Um, so Sherry, um, I want to get into this topic of training because I know you guys do a lot of it up there. Um, but before we do, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and maybe some of the things you've done in your past? Well, I actually was transferred to Utah with Marriott Corporation and, um, this was gosh, longer ago than I'd like to admit, maybe 25, 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I started in the hospitality space, um, did very well in sales, I guess so well that, I got a promotion to work longer hours and make less money. <laughs> I became a manager. And uh, I was over um, all of Summit Watch. But my passion had always been training and development. So um, I ran a sales team back then of 30 people, then 50 people, then several hundred people. Um, but my passion was always training and developing. Hmm. So whatever title I had, you'd find me in a room. <laughs> Still talking um, to people <laughs> and bugging stuff. people. and. <laughs> part of the staff it was um, because I believe that training and particularly sales training it's not just about learning to be a better salesperson it's about learning to be a better human being hmm. learning to communicate better learning um, how people respond when they're when they're scared what motivates human beings to make a decision and if we can teach people these sort of universal truths if you will it'll change the culture because it will help salespeople to have, you know, better relationships at home, better relationships in the community. And, Oh, by the way, you'll, you'll beat your quota, hmm. you know? And I think if it's more of this holistic approach, um, that's when I've seen huge results in a company. So I'm, I'm passionate about training and development. I started Leviton group, gosh, now 20 years ago, hmm. uh, we became a global company, wow. uh, had offices in Europe and Latin America, uh, clients all over. So I've 
had the good fortune of being able to, to travel the world. And now um, that I'm a little bit older, uh, we are so much of our content is online, which is great. Mm. And so I'm not traveling quite as much. I do have a 13 year old boy. That's right. And, uh, but we still have um, many, many clients and we help them really create training and development programs that are sustainable rather than sort of the one and done training. And I think a lot of companies don't know how to do that. They've got a methodology and they put people through a training class and give them a certificate and say, okay, they're trained. No. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll be interesting to dive into and kind of get your thoughts on making programs stick. Cause I still feel like we know we should be doing training differently. It seems like but for some reason we're often not doing that. We're still seeing kind of this result that kind of goes up with this euphoric effect and then fairly, you know, down fairly quick as we kind of say, Oh, that was kind of a nice one hour, one day session. Um, but before we do, um, I mean, you mentioned a couple things, but it, it sounds like, I mean, you're a passionate skier outside of work. You've got this, uh, you, you've got a son that you, you ski with, um, you travel. A decent, is there anything kind of in particular that you'd say, hey, outside of work, this is my thing, this is my hobby, fun things, embarrassing moments, passions, etc.? You know, I love the outdoors. Yeah. And that's probably why I live in Utah. Um, what I'm passionate about is being out in nature, anything outside, whether it's skiing, hiking. Um, My husband got me into diving, which I think is the most magical, amazing experience. Diving? Have you, you've like, what do they say? You've divin? You've dove. You've dove? (laughs) Divin? Dove? You dove? That's I'm thinking. Okay, come on. 12th grade English. You can do this. Um, So have you done some crazy... um, Have you done some crazy dives? Um, I mean, like off a cliff or something? Or what what do you mean by diving? Well, that's a different thing, but um, scuba diving. Oh, scuba diving. Okay, you did scuba Scuba diving. diving. Yes, no, I don't jump off cliffs. That that I don't think I want to do. Um, But I just feel like we can learn so much from nature and the animal kingdom. Interesting. Um, You know, you look at how um, animals interact, how fish interact, and... It's really a beautiful system, and I think we can learn mm-hmm. a lot from nature. I about amen to that. How to Interesting. communicate ourselves. Interesting. Um, one other question for you. Can I you. give you an example? Oh, please. No, please, please. It is so, an interesting concept. So there's um, the goby and the blind shrimp. Yes. And you see them on dives. We, we went diving in Indonesia, and it's a wonderful symbiotic relationship. So they live together. They're a different species, they don't mate. Right. Hmm. And the goby fish is the protector and he stands in front of the cave and makes sure that nothing bad happens to the blind shrimp. Hmm. The blind shrimp can't see. So the blind shrimp keeps house and makes sure that the sand is out of the cave and that it's very, very nice. And blind shrimp gets protected by goby who watches out for predators. Hmm. They have this amazing symbiotic relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's one of thousands of things that you'll see in nature that I just think are heartwarming. Well, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, someone told me, um, oh, someone told me another one. I can't remember the, the, the concept, but you're right. I think there probably is more of those things that lessons sometimes were, are reflected to us. I find it sometimes just watching my own children. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like you learn different lessons. I mean, certainly from the animal kingdom and nature, I think you can learn lessons, but sometimes you got to kind of have those eyes to see. And uh, sometimes we're so busy where we're just not seeing those types of things. So I appreciate you passing it on. Um, one other question for you. I mean, obviously you're working with a lot of people, a lot of leaders, a lot of salespeople, you know, training in a lot of different avenues. If you ran into an aspiring leader, maybe in an elevator, 
I like the elevator concept because, you know, you just got, you know, 20 seconds or 30 seconds and they said, oh my goodness, you share, you know, I've seen your book or, uh, you know, I've heard about some of your videos. Anything you, you give me quick advice on, on how I can become great or how I can become a good leader, how I can become better at, you know, selling, et cetera. Anything that you'd say, oh, oh, oh here's one thing that you'd pass along? I, I think <laughs> there's two pieces of advice I give on becoming a great leader. Um, you know, the obvious one is you have to really get to know your people. Hmm. I think we get so busy managing numbers, managing technology. And it's the old saying, you can judge a leader by the number of followers and people follow Hmm. you when you lead with empathy. There was an interesting article in the Harvard Business Review. I think I have it right here because it's so impactful. It's called um, How to Lead Through Influence. And what HBR says is the two greatest character, uh, characteristics of influence are empathy and competency. Empathy but here's the and thing. competency, yeah. So many salespeople and sales leaders lead with competency. They try to show their salespeople how knowledgeable they are, how smart they are. Hmm. And while it's important to be competent, the article actually says you want to lead with empathy. People need to know how much you care before they know how much you know. Yeah. And so I would say to that leader, take the time to get to know not only their numbers, get to know their inner world, and that way you can affect their outer world. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like, there? I don't mean to go too off, but I love that concept. I mean, I love the lead by influence and empathy and competency. Is there a way you've found that leaders can do that better? I mean, is it... Is it as simple as just, you know, grabbing lunch with people? Is it, um, you know, trying to get things outside of work? I mean, it's just, you know, it's just be creative. Find the time is more important. Have you found different things in sales orgs where you're like, is, is it the weekly one-on-one? Is there a way that you've seen that facilitated well or not really? I think, yes, absolutely. I think that um, it starts with curiosity. You've got to genuinely be curious yeah. about people, yeah. right? And so we were talking in the pre-show about um, hiring. And, you know, when you hire somebody that's truly curious about other people in the world around him and says, why? How could that be? And wants to grow and learn. You know, the salesperson realizes this person really cares about me. They're curious. Interesting. You know, we always say, I tell my son all the time, be interested, not interesting. I think hmm. that came out of Goldston's book. But that's really the case. You've got to be interested in what makes that person tick? What makes them hmm. nervous? What makes them excited? What makes them do what they do? So it really starts with curiosity. And number two, are we really listening? Yeah. And again, this sounds so basic, but my mentor said it's simple. But if you're not doing it, it's advanced. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's simple. Well said. Well said. Written down, but are we taking the time? To really listen, to listen to the emotion behind the words and understand what that person's saying. So I would say curiosity, listening, and then finding out their why. Um, And again, we hear a lot about that, but are we really doing it? And I don't mean I want to make a lot of money. I want to make $5,000 a month, $10,000 a month, twenty. but why? I, I love to do an exercise in my seminars, Jake, and I say, okay, if you had that extra 5000 a month, that extra ten, that extra yeah. 50 that, to pick a number. What's your... Then what? Right. And that's what drives that human being. Hmm. 
Is it more time with family? Is it that they want to help people? Is it the status of it, which it could be, wanting to feel significance or contribution? But once we uncover people's why, yeah. then we can really help them achieve. It's never just about the money. Money's a vehicle. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I um, I love that kind of why. I've seen a couple of people do different exercises with why. And I've often found with just with people who typically work with me, some of the people who report, and if I try to do it with them, it typically takes about five, it typically takes about five whys. You know, it's like, so why do you want to work here? Well, you know, I want to make some money. Well, okay, so why do you want to make some money? Well, you know, I want to live good. Okay, so why do you want to live good? <laughs> so if I usually about the fifth why, I could kind of get to I the place that. of it's like, oh, you know what? What, what? what I'm really looking for is, you know, I want my spouse to, you know, respect me, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so, um, but the thing I just wanted to highlight, you guys, it's funny. I've, I've done now 170, I think this will be about our 175th episode. Um, and just to kind of, you know, compliment you, Sherry, um, typically I jump on and not right or wrong. I mean, this is, this shows, you know, not about me, it's about the guests, but Sherry's one of the few people who've actually kind of jumped on and said, gal, you know what? It'd be real interesting to learn about you, not just be interesting, but be interested. Um, and so we probably spent 10 minutes and I was starting to blab about probably more about me than her. So I think, uh, you, you definitely have kind of demonstrated you know, living some of those, those principles. And certainly even as you did that, I mean, I kind of was like, oh yeah, here, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I felt more, engage myself. So I felt the power of kind of that idea of being kind of uh, um, used. Anyways, um, well, we we don't digress. It's been interesting, but I want to get to this topic um, of kind of training coaching. So you wrote this book and it's got a catchy title. It's called Heart and Cell. Um, can you just take one step back and how did it come about? Why? What was kind of the, you know, you just always wanted to write a book or was there a reason to kind of get this out or how'd this kind of get born? Well, I'll tell you the story that I haven't told many people, and uh, I sort of built rapport with you right away. You're just that that kind of a guy, Gabe. Um, you know, I had run a training company for the last 20 years, and the training was really built on um, not only telling salespeople, you know, what they might say, but the why. And I always mm. thought that that was so critical, because if you understand why people do what they do, then you can apply it in a lot of different scenarios. And we had great success with that, and I had a very personal experience about. So, so we had, you know, we've been doing it so long. We had audio tapes and DVDs. <laughs> you know, uh, Don't date yourself like, here, oh, Sherry. Yeah. Don't date yourself. Um, right, I'm dating myself now. <laughs> you were born. So, um, and um, about five years ago, something happened that that really changed my life. Um, my now husband, we had only been married for three months. We'd been dating for five years. We got married. Wow. And I joke with people, it was the only deal I couldn't close. <laughs> for five <laughs> years. Yeah. What was the problem? <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, we're a little older. But um, at any rate, um, we, we got married. And I remember I was doing a big sales kickoff in Las Vegas in front of, you know, a few hundred people. And... I got a call from my husband and he said, are you alone? And I said, well, no, I'm obviously not alone I'm in front of a lot of people. And he told me to get to where I was alone. And that's when he told me that his ex-wife was killed that day wow. in a tragic accident. And they had an eight-year-old, a then eight-year-old boy together. Wow. 
And it's sort of one of these moments, you know, you'll never forget. And my first thought was, I'm a mother. And I had never had children. And um, it was sort of remarkable. So um, we ended up moving out to California. We didn't, from Utah, we didn't want our son to have to change schools or have any more change in his life. And I made the decision at that point to... This is way more information than I thought I would give you. (laughs) We made the decision to um, shut down the office and I needed to be home every afternoon at three o'clock when my little boy got home from school. How old was he at this time? How old was he at this time? He was probably eight. eight. Yeah, he was eight years old. And um, I thought I've had an amazing career. And but I had all these clients all over the world. And I thought, well, I'm going to put all of my content online and interact with them virtually. And it might work. It might not. Who knows? Well, it was fascinating on a personal level. It was the most wonderful thing of my life to now have a son and I've adopted him two years later. Um, But I would say on a business level, it was interesting because all of a sudden um, our clients loved being able to have this online learning in these Hmm. short virtual models. Hmm. We put everything online. We put all my content online, interacted with them that way. And I have the time to write a book. I think I hadn't had time before oh, to write a book. And interesting. the biggest thing, Gabe, and this you, you might appreciate, I remember we were all sort of in therapy, um, <laughs> you know, because every there was there was a lot of grief. And I remember the therapist saying, well, you need to build trust with your son. And I'm thinking, well, I'm a sales leader. I understand <laughs> the five rules to building trust. Okay, number one, number two, number three. Um, you know, you need to, you know, make sure that you have a close rapport. I'm like, ah. The three distinctions for building rapport. Well, yeah. right? and, um, you know, kids see through all that. It was, and, and I had this huge breakthrough, Gabe, that so many, for years and years, I'd been teaching salespeople what to say and even why to say it. But there's more. Mm-hmm. And that the best salespeople and the best sales leaders in the world not only know what to say and why to say it, but they know who to be. Yeah. And it's much deeper. It's like you don't do trust. You're trustworthy. You don't do empathy. You're empathetic. And that these skills can grow if we practice them in every aspect of our lives. So are we being empathetic um, with the person on the street? Are we, um, you know, really listening and being curious Mm. um, when the dry cleaner tells us a story? And, And so it's something that the soft skills need to be practiced as well as the hard skills. And I think that's where we miss it in training and development. Interesting. You know, it's funny when I hear that. I I had one of these moments. This is maybe just six or nine, well, maybe 12 months ago. But, <clears throat> you know, I feel like I'm, I loved your comment about, you know, you you don't, you don't do trust, you are trustworthy, right? And um, I'm a person who, I'm, I'm not necessarily an actor, but I've always thought that I was, authentic, you know, fairly authentic. I don't know if you can do authenticity. You kind of have to be authentic, right? right. Um, and I had this kind of aha where um, I was at this session and I was like, I feel like sometimes I'm being inauthentic about my authenticity, <laughs> you know, where it's like, uh, that makes it some kind of sound a little bit weird, but it's like, some of these things you shouldn't fake. And I think sometimes right. I was faking my authenticity um, and and maybe sometimes winning, but it, it didn't, I, not winning enough or probably not being true enough to myself. And so I think there is something about, the, the problem is I don't know how you, 
I guess the first step is to kind of recognize it. Like, look, you can't just do trust. You got to be trustworthy. But how do you start to be trustworthy? I mean, you just have to be it. There's no, you know, it's you're not a human doer. You're a human being. You got to be that person. But that just like, well, how do you actually do that? But I can certainly kind of appreciate that concept of coming to some of those types of realizations. So this is where then the book kind of fed. I mean, you had some time and you, you opted then I, to I write had it, some right? Time and I had this realization. And so the book is called The Ten Universal Truths. Mm-hmm. Every salesperson needs to know. And five of them are tactical because we need, you know, what discovery questions should we be asking? How yeah. do you build trust? You know, what is trust? Yep. You hear build trust. How do you unpack trust? Mm-hmm. Well, it, trust, and again, I said it earlier, empathy gets you in the door. Competency, reliability, integrity keeps you there. You know, how do you do it? And we talk about how to build trust. Do it, um, Do an integrity audit with yourself. Um, when you say you're going to do something, yeah, do something. What are the 10 keys to showing your reliability. So five of the truths are very, very tactical. Um, what do you do when you get an objection? Yeah. Um, how do you create urgency without being cheesy? You know, what does that look like? Um, <laughs> you know, when you get resistance, how do you isolate an objection from an excuse? So five of the truths are tactical, but the other five are who to be. Yeah. And the who to be is how to practice optimism because optimism fuels productivity. We know this, you know, all studies show if we're optimistic, um, we're going to be more productive. I talk about the growth equation, Hmm. Um, not the growth mindset, the growth equation, which goes deeper, which incorporates curiosity, taking responsibility. Um, We talk about such things as how to deal with rejection. So it's sort of this balance, this yin and yang, if you will, of what to do and who to be. And my big breakthrough was we need both. And I think as people have read the book, um, they're taking a more holistic approach to training and development. Interesting. So it does hit both tactical and, you know, transformational. As you feel like you've had it and people have been out there, has there been, you know, this is always hard for an author to say, but have there been, and you mentioned like the growth equation, has there been some things that people have just been like, oh my goodness, this has been you know, life changing, or this has been kind of the one point that really seems to re- resonate with the audience. Or are you getting kind of general feedback about this or that? Any quick thoughts to that? Gosh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know, what's been really different because again, we talked at the beginning, there's a lot of great sales methodologies sure, out sure. there. I certainly don't have a corner on that. I mean, I could list 50, you know, terrific leaders, including yourself who teach an amazing methodology. Um, I think what's been different about heart and cell is the delivery system. So we realize that if salespeople read a book, they get inspired, but how do you create a training system that I call it is effective, scalable, and sustainable? Mm. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of effective content out there, you know, where people might talk about, you know, mindset, skill set. Okay. So there might be different names for it. What we did is we created a leader's guide so that this training became part of the culture. Mm -hmm. And we trained trainers to train it. We have interactive exercises. We have coaching modules. And so what a lot of our clients are doing is they're launching a truth a month. So it's like January is the growth equation month. February is the integrity Mm -hmm. matters month. And literally becomes part of their culture. And then we use adult learning theory to make sure that the concept is sustaining. And it's not just about an effective training program. It's about 
shifting a culture yeah. to embrace those values. Yeah, it isn't just training, it's shifting culture. I like that idea. I mean, I certainly, I th- I'm putting myself in some of the listener's shoes here and I think that's kind of the problem and I want to see if you can just double click on it. I mean, I'm a sales leader, I've had a methodology or I've done some training and I saw kind of, as we mentioned at the beginning, maybe this euphoric effect of, oh my goodness, people are excited and they're happy and things are moving for a day, for a week, for two weeks and then all of a sudden I see th- you know behavior slip and things change and we're kind of back to our usual and it's like, whoa, what just happened there? What what would you recommend when you hear kind of a feedback or a comment like that from a sales leader? Is it the adult learning concept? Is it the, um, you know, we're not getting to the why or is there ways you've found to get a training program so that it is sustainably effective? Yeah, we, we spoke again earlier about the difference between training and coaching. And um, after we saw some of these challenges, I mean, when I started out 20 years ago, you know, I'd go do a training and I'd come home and I'd say, gosh, I was good today. I was really, well, that's all about the ego. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Boy, I was great. Yeah. The trainer being good. <laughs> it's a matter of the students feeling like they were good. Yeah. You know, and of course, there were many days when I wasn't good because right. I was focusing on my performance hmm. rather than the learning of the participants. And so with this sort of aha, if you will, our team put together a course originally for one of our clients that now we've launched uh, worldwide. And it's called It's Showtime, the, the Four Pillars of an Effective Training and Coaching Program. And hmm. I think the distinction really resonates with people, Jake. So what we found to have a sustainable training program, and again, there may be other ways to describe it. The way we describe it is there's there's four pillars, and each one of us leads with a pillar, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and you need all four in order to have an effective training program. And if you lead with one more than the other, the the learning, the retention won't really take place over time. And as I go through, maybe you can tell me what pillar you lead with, and maybe the audience can think, "Gosh, what do I lead with?" But that first pillar is, is education. Mm-hmm. So that is, you know, the love of training on sales process, technology. We were talking about AI. So really the dissemination of information, maybe profiling tools. Sure. Um, you know, it's here's the information. Yep. You know, here's the buyer's journey. And here's what the buyer's journey meets the sales process, whatever that looks like. The, the second pillar is the entertainment pillar. Mm-hmm. And you need to be entertaining today. Yeah. What you, you know, because it's the ADD, it the ADD generation. Yeah. Span today of a goldfish or something. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. So oh, I always, yeah. you know, and particularly with millennials, right? I mean, yes. um, yep. if we're not, and, and when I say entertainment, I don't just mean, you know, use of video clips and use of stories. It's that emotional connection. Right. You know, salespeople want, and I always say it's not a matter of attention span. It's a matter of interest span. What are you doing to keep your salespeople engaged in the training? Is it, mm-hmm. is it exciting? Is it fun? Are there rewards and recognition within your culture? So there's the education pillar, the entertainment pillar, and you can always tell an entertaining trainer. Um, <laughs> they're great to listen to. Um, and then the third one, I always say in Spanish, estas donde la puerca tuerce el rabo. Uh-huh. This is where the pig twists its tail. This is where the rubber meets the road. <laughs> it's that facilitation pillar where you leverage the idea of adult learning theory that says people retain 10% of what they hear, 
50% of what they see and hear, 90% of what they say and do. Hmm. And how many of us in the early days went through a training where you've got, you know, a sales leader up there who used to be the top sales guy or girl and says, this is what I did. And they stand up in front of a whiteboard for five hours. Yes. Yeah. And it's, they think that interactivity is, let me see a show of hands. No, true Hmm. interactivity is, are we really doing case studies? Are we putting um, sales pros together in small groups to problem solve? Are we, um, you know, really letting the content come from the group. I always mm-hmm. say there's more genius and in information in front of me than in front of you. Mm-hmm. The genius is in the room. Let them 60%. There was a new study that said 60% of people would rather learn from their peers is that than right? learn from somebody else. And then the last one we, we talked about in a little bit of detail, Jake, and this is huge. The last pillar is the coaching pillar. Yeah. And the coaching pillar says, okay, now I've delivered training. It was entertaining, whether it was online, live, a combination. Um, we it would there was facilitated exercises, but really it's that coach yeah. that builds the relationship with the salesperson, knows what's important to him, knows how to make midterm corrections, mm-hmm. listens in on sales calls, uses AI to perhaps record sales calls, and sort of matches up the why of the salesperson to what just happened in real time. Yeah. Yeah. And helps them get to the next level. Interesting. Um, So those four, I love those four. I'm thinking, so the idea, you know, each person you said maybe leads with a particular pillar. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. And you feel like, is, is there one that really stands out for you or you've now over the years have been able to kind of math? I assume you've actually been able to master all four of them having well, done no, it. For- I, not at all, actually. Mm. So that's, what's interesting. In fact, um, I was just putting together um, a performance evaluation. Maybe we can make it available for your listeners and mm. you can evaluate yourself and see which pillar you lead with. Interesting. And every time I do it, I'm short in <laughs> one of the pillars. Yeah. So, and it's usually facilitation. So, I know how important it is intellectually. Um, I lead with entertaining and coaching. Mm. And so what I'm really careful to do, if we're putting on a big event, I co-facilitate with either one of our trainers or another colleague who's strong in a pillar where I'm weak because, you know, you sort of lead with what you lead with. You just have to be aware of it and say, okay, I need some help (laughs) with some really great facilitation exercises here. I need some ideas. Right, right. And, you know, you can take a whole training program and see, am I evenly balanced? Because yeah. when you are, oh my gosh, your numbers go through the roof. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think I'm with you as I've been contemplating. I, well, no, I'm not, I'm not with I think I'd probably go with the education and entertainment. Because um, sometimes I like to hear my own voice. <laughs> so I don't know if I facilitate enough. And then the, the, the coaching aspect, um, like you said, I mean, uh, aware that it kind of needs to happen, but don't have the time. Don't I just don't probably do it enough. Interesting. So the, the so you and I would be a good team. Now, now you're getting me. Th- well, the thing is, I really, I really, because one of the things I've gotten really into, you know, I'm running this labs group here at Inside Sales, and this is more of a side note, but. I love to get into kind of the research and now the data, right? I mean, we're, we have these people and they're looking at millions of data points. I mentioned some of them to you and we're playing with these emerging products. And so I've got a lot of stuff in my head. And so sometimes I just want to get it out, right? So I love kind of the facts and the data and the education. But again, I don't know if that's sticking because to your point, a lot of people don't learn by me just 
um, yelling at them all the time. So, um, but these are, <laughs> now I'm like doing all this personal reflection. Sorry, Sherry. So, so do you, um, but if I take a step back as a leader, these are the things that I need to be thinking about if I want a training program to stick with my people and to be effective as we move from day to day to month to month. I mean, these are kind of the elements of a great training program to get it to work. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, in a, a sort of a skeletal version, yeah. um, you know, then there's conversations about how do you leverage online learning and yeah. make it more facilitative? Um, you know, how do you go about doing that? How do you hold people accountable? Yeah. Um, how do you do rewards and recognition? Um, there's a lot of interesting there's information some, yeah. now about rewarding people for learning, not just for performance. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Yeah. Um, Carol Dweck did some interesting research on that in her book called Growth Mindset, which I read because now I have a child. And um, <laughs> there's a lot of interesting um, revelations about how people learn. Yeah. And um, I would say, yes, make sure you're hiring people that have um, sort of this growth mindset and that you're rewarding people, not just for pipeline, not just for performance. Of course we have to, but for learning because in time, those are going to be your high performers. Yeah. Interesting. Are we developing people? Yeah. And how are we doing that? Um, well, Sherry, I mean, our time kind of starts to run, run low here. Um, you've got me thinking super great. Um, it's fantastic uh, content. Um, we'll make sure I have to pick up some of the, the material and books. Um, if, um, well, before I, before I ask that, um, is we kind of close any kind of closing remark? I mean, we've talked about a lot, anything you kind of leave with the audience to sum up a lot of these different ideas we've talked about. Um, well, it's just really been a pleasure talking to you. And I think, At the end of the day, we've got all this exciting technology coming. We've got artificial intelligence that is accelerating everything we do. Um, They're exciting times. And I just think as sales leaders, we need to remember that at the end of the day, human connection trumps all. And that's connection with our customers. That's sharing of values, sharing of core beliefs and connecting with our people. Yeah. And I don't know if there's going to be any artificial intelligence soon that's going to replace that. I, I don't think it can. And it does, you know, it's funny because we've been a big proponent of it on our side. And I get nervous, you know, when we kind of start to think about eliminating the human. I've always loved the analogy better of like the Iron Man in the Iron Man suit. Like, let's make people into superheroes, you know, super salespeople mm. rather than find ways to try to cut corners and, you know, eliminate them. Um, because you're right. I just don't think... It needs to enable. It needs to recommend. It needs to support. I don't think the conversation of elimination. It's just too. It's it's just too much. Let's eliminate human or eliminate the connection or remove the personal uh, touch. It's like no. I think it needs to enhance, recommend, enable. Those are better words. I think for for AI and data. Lo- love kind of the final statement there. Sherry, if someone wants to get a hold of you, learn a little bit more about some of the things you're doing, grab the. But what's the best place to to find that information? Um, you can certainly email me directly, Sherry, S-H-A-R-I, at SherryLeviton.com. My book, Heart and Cell, is on Amazon, and uh, you can always uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. I put out uh, weekly videos, training videos, uh, right there on LinkedIn. So love to chat with you, love to talk to you, 
And Gabe, I can't wait to meet you again. You're a heck of a guy. <laughs> no, appreciate it. Um, and congratulations on your award. Do the viewers know that you received Business and Marketer of the Year in Utah Award? Yes. That's quite a feat. Yes. Well, it's it's been a long time coming, but thank you. Thank you so much for mentioning it. Um, and again, for the audience, Jerry, thanks so much for joining. Fantastic conversation. And remember, success is just one play away. Yeah.